0: If you have a Bible or an app, you can go to Luke 5. If you have a handout, which you should, um, these Bible verses should be in that handout. Let's use this handout today to write a couple things down. I'll cue you. And I want you to use it as kind of a a roadmap this week. I want you to journey, and I want you to look at I want you to pray. I want you to think about the things that are said today and uh, try to implement them into your life. So use that handout it's kind of a, a road map, and uh, we'll put some awesome destinations on there. And the first one I'm going to throw right behind me, this is our goal today. This is what the sermon's about, and uh, here's kind of what I want to look at, what I want to answer, and what I'm actually really excited about. I want to talk about how to launch out into a purposeful life, and really through helping others. And I, I know that tagline on the end is a little tricky, because it's like, okay, let's launch out, let me find purpose. But that whole thing of helping others is a little tricky, isn't it? Um, it's, probably, it's probably enough for us to take care of our own lives and to find purpose in our own lives, let alone to do it by helping other people. But I want to show you the beauty of it this morning. Now, I, gotta, I, I got some sympathy at the 9 o'clock, so the bar's high. All right, 1030. Um, I am going gonna, gonna to tell you something, and I need, I need some sympathy and some encouragement and like an amen or something. I don't know. It's coming. Are you ready? I need more than that. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm nervous now. I'm going to be 40 August 29th. Look, look, look. <laughs> I heard that like right in here though. See, some of you guys are like, what? Oh, no. Nah, other, others of you who are probably older than me are like, yes, yes. Uh, but no, I'm going to be 40. Uh, August 29th, I say that for sympathy. I told the 9 o'clock, so I'm, I have very high expectations. You can also give me a gift, okay? <laughs> I've got some new 40-year-old hobbies. I'll share them with you. Um, but uh, this 40 thing is, I think for a lot of people, it's kind of freaky. Um, I think every year is a little freaky. But I think I'm trying to use it, you guys. I'm trying to use it um, because I don't want to live in fear. What I want to do is reflect. It's very important for me right now, I'm looking back on my life, and God has given me a purpose-filled life in ministry. Um, but I'm looking back on my life, and I'm I am deciphering: Has it been purpose-filled? What are, What are the highlights? What are the things that really caused me to get up out of the morning and and drove me? And I, I look back and I go, man, I accomplished that, and I accomplished that by God's mercy, and it was fantastic. Like those are real life-giving pieces right there. And then I want to I want to project by looking into the next 40 years. Lord willing, and I want to I create my life around those things. You tracking with me? So these moments in life are actually advantageous to help us to build. And so I'm looking at my life and I'm going, John, like what gave you purpose, you know, the last 15 years? What are the things that just blew your mind? I mean, everybody's looking for it, right? Because here's the truth, you guys. We all want life to count, yeah? We all want life to count. All of us want to know at our jobs and in our homes, and some of you guys moved to San Francisco for vocation. You, you want to know that you're not just clocking in, clocking out, or making someone else a lot of money, but you're doing something that's going to change the world. And that's, I think that's one of the many reasons I love all generations, but uh, you millennials, man, you really believe you can change this world. Don't ever lose that. Don't ever grow up. And you who are, who are no longer millennials or, or, or not in that age group of 20, 30s, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming. Pastor Terry's been telling us, like, these guys are like 70 and 80 years old, and they were rocking things. They were changing culture. We are world changers, you guys. And we need to get after that. I'm excited to pursue that with you. We all want life to count. And uh, I think the head trip, the thing I've been studying in my own life, is we're constantly looking for that next thing that's big enough to kind of satisfy our heart's desire when it comes to purpose. That's why we kind of jump from thing to thing, and that's why we like exciting movies that are pretty wild and adventurous, right? We're living, like, through those movies, right? But that's what these things are, these hobbies, and they're not wrong. They are not wrong. Um, They are healthy outlets for the most part, at least um, in my life they are, and I'm sure they are for you, vacations and all the rest. They're good things, but we're looking for more. We're looking for purpose. Why are we here? What do we do? How do we maximize this thing, this thing we call life? Age-old question, what is life about? And the real weird weird thing, you guys, is Christianity seems to be kind of like the last place we look. If you grew up in church, I I don't know, maybe you're even thinking like Christianity was kind of doing the opposite. It was like rules and like, it was kind of like, you know, pressing me down a little bit, like it was drying my purpose up. I did not grow up in church at all. And so I even had these false ideas. They're false ideas. When I would think of Christians and everything else, like, you're not alive like me. You're not full of purpose like me. And really, I was miserable. And when I became a Christian at 21, I got to do this. That was four years ago. (laughs) You guys are so cold. (laughs) I I love you guys. Um, But uh, when I became a Christian, I started looking at this book, this Bible, I started hearing the voice of God speak to me through scripture. And I'm like, man, there couldn't be anything further than the truth and this. Man, Christianity is all about purpose. It's all about this trajectory of like, now you're, you're saved. Now you're a child of God. And God's like, now we're going to, we're going to, we're going to rewrite the whole script. We're going to push you out into something amazing. And it can be a little fearful at times. So I'm going to walk us through it. But uh, look up behind me. We're going to put Uh, A couple of verses up from the book of Ephesians. It's a letter written to a church by an early church father named Paul. In Ephesians 2.8, this is Christianity. So if you have any ideas of what Christianity might be, just let God speak to you for a second here. In verse 8, this is how one becomes a Christian, you guys. For by grace, it is a free gift. For by grace, you've been saved through believing, through faith. You go into a relationship with God, you become a Christian by believing in what Jesus did on that cross for you and I. Now he goes on to say in verse 9, it's not by being good. Now we're going to show you that good works comes out of being saved, but you can never earn your way to God. You can never be good enough to build a relationship with God because his standard is too stinking high. It's perfection. So he says in verse 9, It's not a result of works. Like my relationship with God that has given me this new life. It's not because John just like turned over a new leaf. And it's because I, so I can't boast. So I can only point to God and say, man, he just saved me through faith. I just believed in Jesus and what he did for me on the cross and dying for my sins. I just believed. And he's like scooping me up. He's like, John, I'm your father now. I'm going to, I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to forgive you forever and ever. And we're going to do something in this world. Like all I can do now is say, God is awesome. God is awesome. Now check this out, verse 10. If you ever thought Christianity was boring, check this out. For we are his workmanship. You see the word? We are his masterpiece. That's what the word means. We are his poem. It could mean we are his painting. We are his artwork. Now I feel kind of like a Picasso painting. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and I don't walk around being like, yeah, look at this, you know? But that's the beauty of God. He says, yeah, in the mess, in the Picasso painting, what I'm doing is I'm rearranging things, and I'm trying to launch you out to do something powerful with your life. Verse 10, for we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. When we got saved, here's what God did. He goes, I'm launching you out into a new good work for your life. I've written good works for you to do now. Now that you're saved, you're going you're gonna to impact life and humans around you, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk or live a lifestyle doing these things. Like, God, God wrote out my story, you guys. This is so amazing. I love Christianity because of this. God, before I was ever formed in my mother's womb, he wrote out my story and said, John, when you receive me and you're saved and you become a follower of me, I am creating already the things that you're going to do, and it's, you're going to live a life that matters And it's going to satisfy your soul if you do these things. The the big problem is what are these things, right? Just what are these things? If we are this masterpiece, this painting, this artwork, then what does the good work look like that that gives us all this purpose? Write this quote down by Vincent Van Gogh. I love this. I love this right here, you guys. I got this written like everywhere now. It's freaking my, my family out. There is nothing truly more artistic than loving people. Like I have the ability through God, by touching a human life, I'm literally like painting on their soul. I can can heal them. God God will heal them through me as I speak words of life where I do these amazing acts of hospitality and love and care towards them. They're like a canvas that I I can begin to paint something beautiful on. There is nothing as beautiful as loving and helping people. And that's that's the greatest purpose we can ever be involved in is the work of being a part of the healing agency in this world. Happiness and joy. Uh, There's a a vast gap between happiness and joy. And happiness comes through attaining, primarily for, for you, for me, But purpose comes through giving. And that's the weird thing, Uh, especially in a consumer culture. And there's nothing wrong with with receiving and getting and all that. Um, But if you want to feel purpose, if you want to feel real purpose in your life, it's the law of diminishing return. We can receive and receive and receive and receive, but it does less and less and less and less for us. And so God rewrites the scripts, and that's what's so cool about God. He just takes everything we think we know, and he flips it, and he's like, you want to be radical? Check this out. Give away to help another human life, and watch what happens in your heart. It's a paradox. It's incredible stuff. This is just how the human mind and the human heart is wired. When we give away, we get. We're filled up. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., write this quote down. This is another powerful one. I love this. I absolutely love this quote. Van Gogh and and Martin Luther King Jr., and then we're going to hear about Jesus. Pretty good stuff. He goes like this. Think about this. I am not who I am supposed to be until you are who you're supposed to be. Like, I'm, I'm incomplete until I help you be complete. So if I can love you, I can help you, I can fill a need, or I can be there for you, or I can, I can tell you about the good news of, of this God of mine, or whatever it is, the more I give away to make you complete is the more I feel complete. That's going to take a couple of days to straighten that one out right there. Like, what? So here's what I want to do. I want to take a fun journey. This is a great, great story in, in Luke 5. Uh, again, it's in your handout. If you've got a Bible, go there. I just want to show you how Jesus wants to step into all the different areas of your life. I'm talking vocation. I'm talking your home. I'm talking your, your circle of friends. I'm talking that, that cafe or that coffee shop you hang out at. I'm talking with your grandkids. Uh, it doesn't matter. Sports league, whatever it is. I want to show you how Jesus wants to take that thing and no longer let it just be a thing, an isolated thing, but he wants to step into it and give it kind of a new dimension and show you how he can use it for you to heal a human life and feel true purpose in this world. You ready? I'm excited. All right, Luke chapter 5. Now we're going to meet this guy named Simon. Are there any Simons in the room? I always think about that. Okay, cool. Someone always comes up and they're like, were you talking about me? I'm like, no, it's a guy in the Bible. So I want to make sure. Okay, this guy's name is Simon, and uh, he's got a startup. He just started a a fishing company. That's all he could do back then. It's all good, though. So he's got this startup. He's he's a business owner, small business owner, and uh, he's doing his thing. He's working like crazy. And um, Jesus is going to, and by the way, that's Peter, the apostle Peter. So let's not get confused. We're going to call him Simon today. So uh, we're going to watch Jesus step into his vocation and take fishing and turn it on its head and say, Simon, here's my message to you. Fishing will never fulfill you. But if I step into it, I'll add something new to it. You'll use it to heal humans around you. Then it will fulfill you. So here's the setting. Luke chapter 5. Look at verse 1. I'm going to walk you through the first four verses here. On one occasion which means this happened often, which is totally crazy, on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him. Let me help you with that. While the crowd was crushing Jesus. So Jesus is walking around this huge lake. It's the Sea of Galilee, or it's also called the the Lake of Gennesaret. He's walking along the sea, and there's literally thousands of people all crowded around him, and they're crushing him. Like, this is wild. And why are they crushing him? To hear the word of God. And that's not the Bible per se. What they're doing is when Jesus speaks, you guys, check it out. Especially if you're exploring the Christian faith. When Jesus spoke, he was so radical and spoke like no other person. And he spoke healing words of life and and healing words of power and forgiveness. Like no one had ever heard their lives are being so transformed that they were like, man, this has to be God right here. Nobody speaks like this, and we need that same voice today. With all the voices and all the chaos out here, we need to hear the voice of God from Jesus Christ. So he's speaking, and and thousands are around him. They're around the lake of Gennesaret, verse 2, and it's getting a little wild. He's trying to speak this big old sermon to these guys, and they're pushing him closer and closer to the water. Maybe he's ankle deep, and he's like, okay, this isn't working. So verse two, he looks over, he sees two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. So here's the deal, guys. Look up here real quick. Here's the deal. In that time, people fished at night. Now you do it now, you get a ticket. I I heard you'll get a ticket. (laughs) We can confess our sins today, right? So they would they would uh, they would fish at night because it would cool down and the fish would come to the surface. I only know this because I researched it. I'm a pretty I'm pretty much a city guy. And they would it would be much easier to scoop the, the fish up. Okay? So what they would do during the day, so these fishermen have worked all night, they're exhausted. Simon's one of our guys, he's a fisherman. Now Simon's a pretty rough dude, you know? He's he's a he's he's like he's rough. He's got a foot-shaped mouth and he's got kind of a temper. And he's worked all night. He's exhausted. This is hardcore work. And so he's probably laying on the beach, and he's in no mood. Jesus is getting pushed back into the water. He looks over and sees two boats empty because no one fishes during the day. And he goes, hey, Simon, jump in the boat. Push me out a couple feet so I can speak to these people and create some space. You with me? Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's. It's like a, it's, This thing's like a big setup. He asked him to put out a little from the land. Now, Simon jumps in the boat, no doubt. He's like, Yeah, I can do that. I'm tired. Okay, Jesus is doing his thing. We've seen it before. He's preaching that sermon. It'll end soon. I'll hit the shore again. I'll get some sleep. So he pushes out from the land. And then it says, And he sat down. Jesus sits down, takes the position of a rabbi or a teacher, and he taught the people from the boat. No problem. If you're Simon, no problem. You're kicking back in the back of the boat, you're chilling. Jesus is gonna do his thing, he's gonna say amen, they're gonna pray, everyone's gonna break, Simon's gonna roll the boat back in, it's all good, right? Mm. You know, Jesus has a way of crash landing into people's lives who are minding their own business. <laughs> and just like radically transforming you for the good. It's just crazy awesome. So look at what happens in uh, in verse 4. <laughs> He says, Go home. Sermon's over. Go home. Everyone starts going. Jesus says, Go home. When he had finished speaking, that's Jesus, he kind of turns to Simon, you guys, kind of turns to Simon. He said to Simon, Hey, Simon, clock back in. Put out into the deep. Row. I need some quiet time with you. We need to talk. I want you to go out and I want you to to let down your net and we're going to go fishing. What is Jesus doing right there? It's the same thing he's doing in most of our lives. He's stepping into Simon's vocation. and He's about to add a new dimension of purpose right in front of Simon. He's going to take that fishing business. And he's going to go, yeah, okay, it's good, but it's never going to fulfill you. It's never going to give you the purpose you want. So I'm going to show you how to impact humans through it. Now Simon, Simon, or Peter, had not yet become a full follower of Jesus. Jesus is like easing him out. So before he's just like, leave everything, come with me, he goes, hey, let me just teach you how to at least use your vocation for me. And we'll just kind of work you up into full followhood, if that's even a word. So look at verse 5. You guys good? Verse 5, and Simon answered. So he's frustrated. Remember, he's tired. He's hangry. It's a biblical word, no doubt. And he goes like this, master. Guys, like, words are important. That's not what we think. Like, Lord, God, no. It's the only time Luke, Luke's the only person to use that word in the Greek. It means boss man. He's like, hey, boss man. Now later, he's going to call him God. Which is to say, I wonder if it's that Simon hadn't quite brought the lordship of Jesus into his job. Like, he had a big separation. Like, he went to church, you know what I'm saying? But then he went, he went to work. Like, Jesus wasn't quite, like, Jesus there. He wasn't, like, aware of Jesus and what Jesus wanted to do. And in verse 5, he gets so frustrated, he goes, Master, boss man, okay, you're the, you're the guy, but look, we toiled all night and took nothing. I'm a fisherman. You're the religious guy. What do you mean we're going to go fishing? Wrong time of day. Ah, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Fine. Let's get this over with. I'll prove to you there's no fish out here. And in essence, guys, what he's doing is he's going, this is my job. This isn't religious stuff. he doesn't see what Jesus has to do with his job at all. And that's that's kind of the thing I think God wants to awaken in us. And I want everyone to write this down on, on your handout. There is no divide between the sacred and the secular, and that's the message of Jesus to us today. Like, we don't go to church and then go to work. We're followers of God, and he wants to step into every space. We're going to go home this afternoon. We're followers of God. Jesus still wants to step into our homes and do things tonight. He still wants to reach a daughter or a husband or a wife or, or someone renting a room or something. You know, some of you guys are going to play sports or whatever this week. Those aren't just isolated things. It's like, "Well, I went to church Sunday, and now, now I'm going to go play rugby or whatever. Do they play rugby here? Yeah, let's go with it. Rugby or whatever. No, he's like, there's people there. There's people there. Jesus let Jesus step into that and connect with a person. That's when life gets super exciting, you guys, because coffee shops are no longer coffee shops, and Uber is no longer Uber. I got a friend to this day who was, picked, who was driving an Uber. And he, he picked up a guy who went to our church in the city here. And those guys invited him to church. Like, you know, can you clock out for a while and go to church with us? <laughs> like the Uber driver is driving them to church. And they're like, come with us. You want to come in? We'll get you a parking spot. This guy is following Jesus to this day. He came to Christ through that. Uber was no longer Uber. These are vehicles. They're avenues. Purpose is found when the two become one. I was sharing this with the 9 o'clock. We were lost. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Um, we were lost in... in uh, someone help me. Talk about being lost. In the big park. Golden Gate. Goodness. What is going on? Someone give me a cup of coffee. We were lost in Golden Gate. Please don't repeat that. And... We finally found our way out. And sure enough, like we stumble out of like these, well, it was like a hedge. There are all these people around us, but I want to make it feel better. So I stumbled out. I finally found my, my way out, and I led my family to the sidewalk. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, there's this European couple. I could tell by their accent. And they're talking to this young Asian girl. I could tell by her accent, she was definitely a visitor. She spoke almost no English. And uh, the European co- couple, they go, So you're lost? Uh, I don't know what that was. (laughs) So you're lost? And she's like, I'm lost. She's like 14. And they're like, well, we don't know how to get you back either. And so this is is my family day, you guys. This is Saturday. (laughs) This is my day. Like, Jesus, tomorrow we do your thing. See that? And so I'm like, I can't can't keep going. We got to stop. And so we just kind of were like, hey, I know this is super weird, but you're already in a really weird situation. So are you lost? She's like, yeah, I'm lost. I'm trying to get back to my bus. I don't know anybody. I I can't work my phone because, I don't know, like the calling capacity, being in the States or whatever. And so we're like, well, are you that way? And so we we walked her back to the bus stop. Great time for an amen or a hand clap right there, guys. No, I'm teasing. Stop it. I'm teasing. (laughs) I'm teasing. But it was really cool because um, we were able to be aware that this isn't just a thing here. Jesus wants to step into this situation. He's trying to speak to people everywhere we go. And we were able to share Christ with her, and it was a really amazing experience. That's what vocations in neighborhoods and hobbies are. They're the masks of our Lord, behind which he wants to step in and help someone. Look at Luke 5.5. 5. One more time and Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. What do you mean you want me to go fishing right now? Why? You're a religious guy. Why are you in my job? We toiled all night and took nothing. Let me ask you guys a question. Who in the world do you think was behind that? You're trying to find all this purpose in your job. Nothing wrong with vocation, but you're trying to find life in your job, Peter. I'm going to have to frustrate you in a good way. You're going to go empty so you're ready to open your heart and allow me to step into your vocation to give it real purpose. It's like Jesus is saying, your vocation is not enough to give you purpose. Your vacays are awesome, but they're not enough to give you purpose. The sports leagues, the schools, it's all good, but it's not made to give you purpose. But if I step into those things and you work with me and you launch out and and connect with someone and we help a human life, then they'll be big enough to give you purpose. Well, what's the end of the story? Verses 6 to 10. He throws the net in. All these fish are caught. No fish should be caught that time of day. Jesus is like, I'll turn the whole thing right side up. I'll do things you never thought imaginable. They pull the net up. It's so heavy. Peter's like got his foot on the boat. He starts waving to another boat. They come over. They yank this thing in. They all go like this. The scripture says they, they were marveling at how many fish Jesus brought to them. It's like they're still not getting it. He's like, I'm not stepping into your vocation just to prosper you financially. Now, he may do that. Praise God. He's, he's like, you're still not getting it. So the coolest verse in verse 10, check this out. Second half of verse 10. Simon, Simon's so funny. He's like, get away, you know, get away. Like, Lord, what are we doing out here? And then he's like, oh, you're God. And then he falls down in the middle of the fish and like drops his head on Jesus' knees. And he's like, I'm unworthy. And in the end of verse 10, he must think Jesus is going to destroy him or something because Jesus is like, don't, don't be afraid. Simon, I love you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to talk to you. He goes like this, you guys. From now on, you will be catching people. You will be catching people. And that is the weirdest word catch because in Simon's world, when you catch a fish, you like kill it. Like, what are you saying here, Jesus? Um, or you sell it and make profits. This is this weird word that actually means to keep alive and take care of. He's like, you're going to use your job and those, those servants who work for you and you're going to catch them and you're going to show them where life is found. You're going to care about them. And you're going to enhance their life through love. You think about what the sea was to a Jew. It was a dark place. It was a scary place. It was a place of judgment. So it's a perfect illustration of go out in the deep. Peter, there's people who are in darkness. There's people who are, who are broken. They're hurting. Their, their marriages are on the rocks or they're confused about identity or whatever it is. And you're, you're right there with them. Just, just trust me and let me step in with you launch out, trust me, speak to them, get to know them, find a way to love them. Then you'll have purpose. Man, I love that. Write this last piece down, and I'm going to tell you an awesome story. Every one of us, guys, it doesn't matter if you came in and your life is so upside down. One, welcome to the party. Two, Jesus will use you where you are at. Every one of us carries at least one piece to someone else's puzzle. Who you are, where you are, what you do, and who you know is all you need to change this world. You're like, that's very romantic, dude, but I don't know about that. My world's all good right here. I'm, this is my rhythm. Put me out there doing this work, I struggle. So let me help you. If I can do it, you can do it. When I was doing my undergrad work in Jacksonville, Florida, any Florida people here repping? Nobody, wow. (laughs) It's all good, we love you. So I was down there uh, in Jacksonville doing my undergrad work, and, and I worked for this trucking company. Guys, some of you don't like your jobs. I hated this job. Severely, I couldn't wait to get out. My supervisor was this young dude. He was a pretty cool guy. And uh, I don't even know how it came out. I didn't, like, go to work with a pulpit chained around, around my neck or anything weird. But he found out I was a Christian. And I'm a pretty normal guy, even though I'm a pastor. Back then, I wasn't. But um, he started getting this conversation with me. And it started coming out. Like, he was just struggling with life. Just, you know, everyone's story. And, and like, every day, he would spend a little more time with you. Like, well, did you get that thing uh, in the truck? hey, can I talk to you, <laughs> you know? And just, like, opening these conversations with me and talking about his brokenness. And I was just doing a whole lot of, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh cool. And so I just told him, like, you know, the, the thing that worked for me is when, when I, I came to Jesus and I got under his word and I did life with community, a church. And he's like, well, I grew up in a church and I'm really thinking about going back. And his name was Travis. Don't forget that name. His name is Travis. I always think these guys are going to hear this one day. Hear this sermon, um, and so I I ended up quitting that job. I never saw Travis again. Last th- last thing I heard, he was like going back to church, and he really had his spirit back. You could feel like a healing coming coming about him. I went to UPS. I became a, a supervisor at UPS. I Took the worst section in the in the building. Second lar- largest hub in the nation is down in Jacksonville, and uh, I was warned of this girl. Her name is Ashley that she would come to work, and she was, she was high every day she came, and she was late every day, and they were trying not to fire her. And they're like, here, catch. you know, And I'm like, okay. So I just started getting into her life slowly and just being real, being a friend, even though I was her boss. And I didn't know what I could do to help this girl. And uh, slowly she started coming on time just to talk to me and started sharing her life more with me. And start. you could see the healing happening. And she was, like, dumping stuff. And uh, pretty soon, she she would come to work, and you could tell she wasn't high, and she was coming early. And pretty soon, she was one of the top people in our section. And she started talking to me about God and that she grew up in this church, and she was really thinking about going back to her church. So several months down the road, I'm clocked in, waiting for my crew to show up, and in it, it runs like Ashley, like, ah! You know, and I'm like, you know, bracing myself, like, what, what is this? And she runs up to me. She's like, John, 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 John. And she's pointing to her finger. John, 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 look at this. And she's got an engagement ring on. And I'm like, like, trying not to tear up. I'm just like, you're engaged? What a turnaround. And she goes like this, yeah, you know my fiance. His name is Travis. if I can do this and I'm a mess if I can do this Jesus can step into your life and he can do this too we're going to have a time of giving in just a sec here we're going to sing a closing song I want to pray for this I want you to pray with me Father just ignite a heart today Father just cause some amazing person listening to this even online cause them to believe Truly believe. Wherever they're at, whatever realm they're about to walk into, help them to believe. In Jesus' name, amen.